0: Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast for Sunday, April 26, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and I am glad you're joining us. Rob Macy's mother, Peggy Uzdyke, passed into Kingdom Triumphant on April eighteenth. Please lift up Rob and Carlina and the whole Macy family. In your prayers that God's comfort might meet them in this valley. We're still trying to gather people by flocks via Zoom. And if you're interested in joining a Zoom meeting on Sundays, please contact me at Jason at PCCov.net. We are Easter people. And this is Easter season. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. What shall I return to the Lord for all His goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and truth.
1: Have you ever been fishing? Did you enjoy yourself? I've heard some people say that they enjoy fishing even if they never catch a fish. They say that they enjoy the peace and relaxation of fishing. I will have to confess, I've been fishing a couple times and not caught anything and it wasn't any fun at all. How about you? Can you imagine having a fish all night sitting in a boat holding a fishing pole just waiting for those fish and never catching anything but then as the sun comes up imagine seeing someone standing on the edge of the water hi he calls out have you had any luck i haven't caught a thing you answer well if you would put your fishing pole on the right side of the boat you would catch a lot of fish Would you try it or would you say to yourself, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. What difference does it make which side of the boat I'm fishing from, right or left? Well, that is almost exactly what happened in our Bible story for today. Several of Jesus' disciples were gathered beside the Sea of Galilee. The group included Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, and John. Suddenly, Peter says, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, the other said. So they got in the boat and they fished all night. But guess what? That's right, they didn't catch anything. Not a single fish. So as the sun comes up, they see Jesus standing on the beach. But the disciples couldn't make out who it was. Jesus called out to them, have you caught any fish? Not a thing, the disciples called back. Throw your nets on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll catch some fish. Did they do it? Yes, they did. Did they catch any fish? They sure did. They got so many fish, in fact, that they couldn't even pull the net into the boat. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Peter heard that, he jumped into the water and headed for shore. The others stayed with the boat and dragged the loaded net to the shore. When they got there, they found Jesus cooking breakfast, fish over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. Peter dragged the net to the shore and there were 153 large fish. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. Then Jesus served them some fish and bread. Wow, can you imagine? I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Having breakfast on the beach with the risen Lord. What would have happened if the disciples had refused to throw their nets on the right-hand side of the boat like Jesus suggested? They would have missed out on all the wonderful blessings that Jesus gave them. All the fish, not to mention this amazing breakfast on the beach with him. (laughs) What happens when you and I refuse to do the things that Jesus has called us to do? We miss out on the wonderful blessings that he wants for us. Please pray with me. Father, we know that you have wonderful blessings in store for us when we faithfully follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our prayer this Sunday is that we will always be obedient disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: The grace of God overflows to each one of us through Christ Jesus, our Lord, who came into this world to save us. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. O Lord, our God, you proclaim the gospel, but we remain silent in the presence of indifference and evil. You call us to be reconciled to you and one another, but we are content to live in separation. You call us to seek the good of all, but we fail to resist the powers of selfishness and greed. You call us to fight pretensions and injustice, but we sit idly by, endangering the lives of people far and near. Forgive us, O Lord. Reconcile us to you by the power of your Spirit and give us the courage and strength to be reconciled to others. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace.
3: Search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Singing, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about You. It's all about You, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I. For a song inside is not what you have required, oh no You search much deeper within, through the way things appear You're looking into my heart, oh Moments of stillness. It's all. all about you, Jesus. Just sing from your heart. Some it's not about the words we God say. Made,
1: God dwells within all us and around us. He just nears your next
3: breath. I'm coming. Just sing him a love to song you. right now. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Coming back to the heart of heart, a prayer to God. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus, King of endless.
2: Before we
0: get to this morning's text, I'd like to thank Tim McCalmont for preaching last week. He reminded me about how much I love you as a congregation and I love the place that God has placed me. Um, my favorite thing about Tim McCalmont is how much Tim McCalmont loves me. And I'm sure that you all feel pretty similarly. Um, Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to be using it as a springboard into studying Acts for the next several weeks. I'd like to say before I start reading, this is our origin story. This is at the root who we are and where we come from. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, And besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That same day, Luke starts Text this morning by reminding us that this is Easter Sunday, part two, where Resurrection Sunday continued. The women have just found the empty tomb where Christ no longer is, and Luke pans his literary camera over to this scene where there's two disciples walking on this road and they're discussing. One commentator Points out that this could be Clopas and Mary. In John nineteen twenty five, we read near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. First, that's a whole lot of Marys in one place. Second, that makes a lot of sense to me. You get this snapshot of Clopas and Mary walking along this road. And as my little brother and his bride put it, unpacking the day. My wife and I put it, checking in. They're enriching one another's lives by discussing, by asking one another questions, by challenging each other, by digging deeper into their lives with one another. In walks a stranger. A stranger joins them. Now, in my office, there's a picture. It's a painting. Uh, It's called Emmaus by Janet Brooks Gerloff. If you have access to the World Wide Web, I highly recommend looking it up. Once again, it's Emmaus by Janet Brooks Gerloff. And it's this image of two solid figures joined by a translucent third traveler. It paints this text in vivid color. Listen to how N.T. Wright puts this text into invitational words. He writes Bring your problem, your agony on the road to Emmaus with Cleopas and his companion. Be prepared to share it in prayer with the stranger who approaches. And learn to listen. Learn to listen for his voice. Explaining, leading forwards. Warming your heart by applying scripture to what's going on. Learn to live inside this story and you will find it inexhaustible. What an amazing truth. Luke inviting us in our current state. We're isolated and quarantined by this COVID-19 pandemic. Now, as I read the text, I see a question that pops out in my mind. Why don't they recognize him? I remember I was a college student and I went up to Forest Home and there was a a preacher who was teaching at this thing called college briefing and his name was Hans. He was a one named kind of person, you know, like an Elvis or like a Madonna or uh, like Prince. And this Hans he was proposing that they didn't recognize him because his scars remained. He was so beaten and, and mangled that he was unrecognizable. I remember him, Hans, reading from these texts, Isaiah chapter 52. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. That was Isaiah 52. Verse 14. And then Isaiah 53, 2b and 3, it says this He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Hans was proposing that they didn't recognize him because he was so disfigured, that beyond any human being. And he was like one whom people hide their faces. The second explanation, I'd like to call it the Reformed understanding of why these disciples didn't recognize Jesus on the road. And I quote D.W. Cleverly Ford that we cannot see the risen Christ, although he be walking with us, unless he wills to disclose himself. And I like, there's several things I like about this understanding, because it makes sense. God picks us. God loves us first. We don't have faith unless we're given faith by the God to have faith in. And this understanding, they didn't recognize Jesus because Jesus didn't want him want them to recognize him. And then I think the one that I go with is and my favorite, I call it the author Luke is the theologian explanation. And from this understanding, you can't you can't see Jesus without properly understanding the first testament. Do you notice when the disciples recognize that it's Jesus? It's after Jesus has explained the Lord's Supper to them. After Jesus has explained that he was, he is what the book is about. Jesus says, I, I not only rose from the dead like the people I rose people from the dead when I was uh, when I was walking around on the earth and the prophets did too I I did more than that the cross Jesus does more than simply come back to life the cross Jesus conquers death and the whole first testament tells of how he's going to do so Jesus isn't recognized by the disciples until Jesus has fully explained and unpacked how the Old Testament was all about him. Now, the next part of the text, these disciples break bread with Jesus the Christ. And this mealtime brings these disciples' minds back to the upper room. Once again, a quote from N.T. Wright. Scripture and sacrament, word and meal, are joined tightly together, here as elsewhere. Take scripture away, and the sacrament becomes a piece of magic. Take the sacrament away, and the scripture becomes an intellectual or emotional exercise detached from real life. Put them together, put them together, and you have the center of Christian living as Luke understood it. End quote. Word and sacrament. We once again see Luke boiling down what Christian life looks like, it's celebrating with the risen Lord, by breaking bread together and recognizing that He is the answer. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He is the resurrection. And then our text this morning ends with these two disciples. That same very hour, they walk faster. And they bear witness. They bear testimony. They testify to the truth that Jesus Christ is risen. Now, how do we apply this text? We learn to live inside this story. We learn to walk and pray. We learn to listen to the stranger who approaches. We learn to check in with one another, to unpack our lives with one another in preparation For our Lord Jesus the Christ to enter into our conversations. We have our eyes open to the truth once again that Jesus is the surprise journey companion who puts all the pieces of the puzzles together in Himself. We have our meals. Invite us to remember the upper room. Where the struggle of this world is met with Jesus the Christ. We apply it by breaking bread with one another and communing with one another often. And we apply it by bearing witness. Notice these two disciples, they run back to the people that they know know the Jesus that they know. They bear witness. They testify. Right after this sermon, call three people. Text three people. Email three people. Something that God has been teaching you in this valley. Something that as you've been walking along, the stranger, Jesus the Christ, has introduced himself to you once again and taught you. Amen. I promised at the beginning of this thing that I would keep you posted as to how we're doing financially as a local congregation, and I am pleased to report that God is providing. And now, as we continue in worship, let's give back to God His tithes and our offerings. Please mail your gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628.
4: we come before God in prayer, help us to bow our knees in worship, to bow our heads in thinking, to bow our will with its choices, and to bow our hearts in loving. Pray with me. We offer our prayers this morning through Christ, who is risen from the dead, who lives and reigns forever, and prays for us in heaven. Through Christ, we offer our prayers for the Church. Let us continue to be Easter people, people of joy, living witnesses to the power of the resurrection and the good news of your grace and peace. Help us to realize that we are the Church, not the sanctuary we may worship in, and we bring the Church wherever we go. Living God, hear our prayer. Through Christ, we pray for the earth. From the dust of this damaged and COVID-weary earth, raise up your new creation full of beauty, wonder, and glory. We pray for every nation trying to eliminate this virus, that lives may be spared, answers may be found, and such a pandemic may never happen again. Living God, hear our prayer. Through Christ, we pray for our country and our communities. We pray for our friends and neighbors in self-isolation as we are. We pray that they remain healthy and that their everyday needs are met, as well as the need to hear a friendly voice. We pray for those who are also being hit with tornadoes and heavy storms, Protect them, we pray. We pray that you use us to be your hands and feet to reach out to those in need. Living God, hear our prayer. Through Christ, we pray against the COVID-19 virus. We pray that we may see fewer and fewer victims as it is brought under control. We pray for all who are working on treatments, vaccines, and ways to help and heal the victims. Empower them to find the answers they seek. Living God, hear our prayer. Through Christ, we pray for our loved ones. Give hope to those awaiting news. Turn sorrow into joy. We celebrate and give thanks that our friend Leanne has been discharged from the hospital after many long weeks of treatment. She credits the hospital workers and prayers for giving her life back to her, and we praise God with her. We pray for the Macy family as they grieve the loss of Rob's mother, Peggy, rejoicing in God's promise of new life We rejoice that she is seeing those promises firsthand, and we pray that her family takes comfort in the resurrection and what it means to them. Living God, hear our prayer. God of all power and glory, receive our prayers and continue your mighty work among us through Jesus Christ, our living word, who taught us to pray For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: Now, as you go out and bear witness to what God is teaching you on your journey, receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.